This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning, Professor Ward Scott here in the manly Warthog Man Cave in the tiny woods of North Central Florida, God's country, in the Melbourne Law Studio, Melbourne Law, the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Fighting Gators, and, of course, protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention, good people, Randy Elrad, John Pastore, and sponsored by everybody from Poser MD to uh, 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 Allstate Insurance, Julia Casio, Shoot GTR, and also supported by you donors who help us do a lot of investigation work. You know, today is Ted Yoho Day, and we speak to Ted Yoho from all over the world. We don't quite know where he's going to pop up. So he's here with us of all places in D.C., if you will, the communist the swamp. Yeah, the I, come, swamp. I, I come to see it as a communist state. Uh, we're watching to make sure there's not a trap door under his bench because he is in the Reagan <laughs> airport taking time out to talk with you, our students here on the Ward Scott Files. And one never knows because we're sure that if you are one of the deplorables, you're being watched. We know we're being watched because YouTube kicked us off for even we sure do. to question who created the deplorables. And I can only assure you that it's gotten worse. Now, yesterday we had a program that went south on us because the internet went down. We came back after 10 minutes. And in case you missed it, I'll show that again tomorrow with my interview with Judge Gene Peraro, because I showed it to Ted and Ted and I agree, nothing's changed. In fact, it's gotten worse. And so if you missed it yesterday, it's, totally gotten worse. Tomorrow, it's the same narrative. And what we have here is the real danger to the country started when Trump came down the escalator. And then they set in motion the corruption of all of our so-called objective institutions. And nothing has changed, and now it's gotten worse. The Proud Boy leader uh, just got uh, 22 years, and he's revealed that there was all sorts of pressure put on him to say officially on deposition or legal examination that the Trumpster made him do it. You know, I swear, this ain't over. And it's going to backfire. I want to ask Ted what he thinks about the impeachment inquiry, uh, which is sort of like a request for a search warrant. It's um, uh, long overdue, really, uh, what's good for, really the, good for the gander and what makes them think, you know, we can't whiplash them the same way. But you have to remember the narrative is not necessarily on our side. It's bought and paid for by the Obamization of America. There you are, Ted. I'm keeping an eye on you. I'll make sure that 
We don't see an, uh, a hook suddenly drag you off the screen. <laughs> or black bag coming over my head and hand yeah. zip ties. Uh, no, I think you teed that up very well. And I want to give a shout out to your sponsors too. You know, Jeffrey Meldon has been a good friend of mine and supporter. And uh, he's the only attorney they need at the University of Florida and Don and Randy. I mean, they put me from the very beginning and you know, all your other great sponsors. It's great to see that and see your uh, show growing. But you did tee that up well. And you and I have talked a lot about this. And I feel like we're beating I I speak so much about this. I feel like we're beating a dead horse. And I know those things because I used to, you know, work on animals. Wow. And I know when those when you need to stop beating. But this is something that we just need to keep uh, out into the public side because I just don't think enough people are aware of this, obviously. Um, and, you know, they this judge that Mark Meadows went to to get the case moved from Atlanta to the federal courts, uh, she refused that. She goes through a whole litany of things, and um, Trump has asked her to be recused because she has said that he should not be free. So she's already weighed in on his case. And um, they, she was saying how he was in charge of the insurrection. I misspoke earlier when you and I were speaking. I was talking about a resurrection, and uh, we really need a resurrection in our country right now. Um, but if you if you listen to the narrative, they're saying anybody that was involved on January 6th were domestic terrorists. And they're creating this narrative that if you've got a MAGA hat, if you're a Trump supporter, if you fly the flag, if you uh, pledge allegiance to the United States, um, you know, have a constitution. In fact, I got one in my jacket pocket there um, that you're really the true enemy. But if you go back and watch, and I, I, you're going to hear me say this over and over again, watch the documentary, A Plot Against the President, and look at what happened from that point forward. Look at the 17 intelligence agencies all standing up in unison saying that Trump is, uh, should not be the president. He's not the legitimate president. The election was stolen. And then you can go back to the Wall Street Journal and some of the major newspapers where there was over 100 military people coming out against Trump right in the very beginning. So this cabal against him because it upset the apple cart of the continuation of the Obama tra fundamental transformation, which I've coined as the Obamanization of America. They've, they've got this narrative and Trump was going to disrupt that as it needs to be disrupted. And so they've been after him since day one before he even elected when he announced. And then they had the Russian collusion hoax, the, the quid pro quo with uh, Ukraine. While they're, they're, they're putting all this um, spotlight on Trump in Ukraine, you know, uh, doing the quid pro quo, when really the quid pro quo was Joe Biden getting the, um, the DA fired uh, if they didn't stop investigating Burisma, where Hunter was getting paid at that time. So it was a it was a sleight of hand, although it was right out in the public. But you have the elite uh, out in Hollywood, the the people behind the scenes, the George Soros's, the types like that, the Jamie Dimons, the Klaus Schwab's. And then uh, you have the media playing along with this, perpetuating this lie, creating this lie, and taking where the spotlight should be on the deep state 
And then they go after Trump and they build this narrative that he's the bad guy. Uh, he's got flaws like all of us do, but I think he's done more good for this country despite what they tried to do. And, you know, we just need to wake up because it is getting worse. The pressure is getting worse. You think about what they're monitoring now and how they didn't used to monitor it. Now they're monitoring all the metadata and uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, bill that came out after 9-11, uh, the Patriot Act, said that they would never uh, gather information on Americans. They gather it routinely now, and I forget where the, the database is, where all the servers are, but I think it's in Utah or Nevada, somewhere out there in a real remote area. They gather every bit, every bit of information, whether it's a, a text message, a cell phone, uh, an email, a fax, Anything that's digital goes into this metabank, and they're only supposed to go in there to look um, at things that pertain to domestic terrorism, and they had to have a FISA one. Well, we know how corrupt the FISA court is now after uh, Adam Schiff and all those people uh, and the FBI, how they dis – I can't even say they, they, they dis, uh, corrupted it. It was already corrupt, but they brought it to another level. So they have all this metadata, metadata, they being the government, and they can create a narrative on anybody they want to. And this is not conspiracy. This is fact. Um, and so people need to wake up. This election, it's going to come down to DeSantis and Trump. And I haven't weighed in on which one, but I'm leaning more to Trump because he's a guy that's been there. He's a guy that knows what the deep state is, and he's a guy um, that I think can unravel this. And I think it's going to get ugly before it gets better, and I think it needs to. Um, you know, I just hope it stays peaceful, and I'll, I'll, I'll sign off right there. For well, that's a wonderful summation, and um, you are, uh, if you're just tuning in, my friends. Hello, Jody Davis. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, Ted Yoho is in the Reagan International Airport there and is sitting hey, Jody. In a place where we hope he's not snagged uh, by the gendarmes because he's really telling you uh, there's a secret repository for everything we're saying and doing. Uh, we know they watch the Ward Scott files because uh, we get monitored and got kicked off of YouTube for having these conversations. It's a struggle, really. And the podcast world is one, quite frankly, the government doesn't like. You know, they can go after the radio stations. Uh, they can go after and control the television stations. They hate Fox, of course. and uh, But they really don't have a way to control the podcast world other than to go after the platforms that host them. So <clears throat> we hope that we have a variety of platforms uh, that anticipate this because um, you never know. Things are going to get very, very tense, Ted, because if you poll, as you know, we look at a lot of the same data. People don't trust this election, to be fair. And sure don't. I don't know how we're going to put that genie back in the bottle. Nothing I see happening right now restores, if there ever were any trust, in uh, the election process. Basically because, once again, the ability to vote is more and more abstract. You don't have to show up in person on a day with a picture ID. You can have harvesting of ballots. You can have absentee.
tea ballots. You can have all that, which Zuckerberg's underwrote. And it's worse now than it was before. And then you have states where we know, just from locally our own supervisor elections, had we on the Ward Scott files with the help of our super investigator not found that stuff in the jail where the outreach program of the local supervisor went into the jail to sign up people to vote who were not eligible to vote and to sign them up knowing they weren't eligible to vote. Um, We're just one little small one-man band on that. And we know that there's a lot more of that, but nobody's looking at it. Oh, it didn't happen. The popular narrative is, oh, it's not statistically significant. Right. Emotionally, it's hugely significant. Psychologically, it's hugely significant. And I hesitate to think, Ted, if we don't confront this communist state successfully at the polls, what the next response could be by the people. Because we know that the so-called insurrection was the people venting their frustration with the system. Right. Basically what it was. They were just fed up with the system. And they got frustrated. And then that core group were a, a really hardcore group. Oddly enough, some who had come from Cuba, who understood right away yeah. what we were doing. And they locked right. them up for more time than ever. So they sure did. Yeah. No. And well, that's what they do is they want to make an example and make it harsh. So everybody else will think before they act. But again, you've heard me say this before. Where we're at in this country is not something that's just, you know, come up since Trump. Trump is a result of the frustration people had. The Tea Party was a frustration the people had in the ineffectiveness, the government not following rules. There's a, a state legislator, Blaze Angola. He had the Angola report and just government gone wild. Um, just the, the nonsense that the government is doing that they shouldn't be the money, the waste. And so that was before I ran. That was like 2008. Then I ran as the second wave of the Tea Party, got elected in 2012, started my uh my first Congress in 2013. This is an accumulation of frustrations that we, the people have had with the, the way the government's gone beyond uh, the, the, the boundaries that should bind government, the constitution. And it's a culmination of all these things. And Trump was a result of that frustration. And now we've got the deep state and the Democrats or the Marxists coming at us saying, Oh no, we're the ones that are normal. You guys are out of balance, and it, it is so upside down, and the American people need to wake up. You were saying how Fox is one that they go after. Keep in mind, Paul Ryan is on the board of Fox. Um, Tucker Carlson got thrown off because he dared challenge the January 6th hearings. I mean, they threw him off right now, but yet people like Hannity, you know, and I know you've got a lot of listeners that probably like Hannity, but if you listen to Hannity, He'll talk the absurdity of uh, Biden. Look at him stumble. Look at his gaffe. You know, and they just, they, it, 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 it's meaningless what he's talking about. They need to look at the policies that he's put in place that he's continued from Obama that are really transforming this country. Uh, the election laws. You know, do you realize that we're the only um, uh, developed nation that has mail-in ballots and ballot box 
to drop off. We're the only one. Everybody else got rid of it. And so we're falling into that category of the banana republic. And you look at our judicial system and uh, our voting system, and you have to wonder where we are a banana republic. And things will not change until people want to change them. Um, and I hope they change them soon this next election. It's going to be interesting, and it'll be one unlike I'm sure we've ever seen before. No question about that. I feel you're absolutely right, dead on on that, unfortunately. Um, let's sort of go over to one of the things that you are um, well experienced in. Sure. And take a look at foreign policy. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Trump took the position that we're going to focus on America. You other countries focus on your country. Stop asking us to do it. You guys get strong. The only one I know who's really done that is the guy who leads Hungary. Um, he is really a Trump. Yeah. And they don't like him, but he understands. They that don't that. like him. The opposite exactly of that is Biden. Biden has been currying favor. China basically owns him from what I can tell. Correct me if I'm wrong. And now this Iran. Well, I think, this Iran I think that'll come out. This Iran deal, you know, come on. How stupid does he think we are? We'll give you the money if you only use it for humanitarian. What? Are you nuts? I mean, Iran doesn't have humanitarian. Come on. So anyway, any comments? They sure don't. Clean up that I've just made. Well, well it's a, it's a repeat. Look over your shoulder, Ted. Look over your shoulder, Ted. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. It, it looks like a, a, a booking cell. I, I've never been booked or arrested, but yeah, this yeah. kind of looks like where they do the mug shots. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, you look at this Iran deal, it's a playbook out of the, it's a play out of the Obama playbook. You know, he did the same thing. We, we sent a plane load of cash. I think it was $6 billion back then. And we were trading uh, for terrorists. Uh, we were releasing money. I guess on a legal standpoint, it is their money because it came from the 80s in an arms deal that we had. And then they kind of went crazy and got real, became a, a terrorist state, designated terrorist state. So we withheld the arms and kept the money. So Obama used that moment to free up some um some of our people, and he gave those assets. But I think we gave a lot of the Taliban out of Guantanamo to them. And so here we got Obama or Biden, Biden. Um, uh, what is it? About eight years later, he's doing the same thing. And you know, to negotiate with a terrorist country is something we said we would never do. But again, it happened under Obama. It's happening under Biden. It's the same playbook, different players, and. Um, you know, my wife, she's very astute, and she goes, $6 billion for five of our people? I would say, I want all of my people back, 100% of them, and uh, we'll, we'll consider that. And uh, it's just, it's, it's lunacy what they're doing. And then we were talking about what's going on with the oil prices. You know, Saudi Arabia is cutting output, so it's going to affect our gas prices in Latchway County and Putnam County because of Saudi Arabia. Yet we had a president under Trump where we were for the first time 
energy exporting and energy secure in this nation. And uh, the message I sent you was, this is a replay of Iran in the late 70s, um, late 60s, early 70s, with the Iran um, oil embargo. And it was a man-made embargo. Prices spiked. Um, Inflation came right after that. And here we are with the resources we have as a nation that we've been blessed with the abundance of resources. Biden, I mean, his first week in office, he's gotten um, um, the drilling leases at different places that we had all these oil leases already leased out. He had the war on uh, fossil fuels, and we immediately saw the price of fuel go up, which affected everything else. And that's the cause of inflation. But with the media, elite Hollywood's. It's all climate change. It was Putin who did this. Putin drove the price up. And, uh, you know, it's unconscionable that he created the problem, which the Democrats are always great at doing. And then they blame everybody else and said it was Putin. And then who's he go to? He goes to Iran. He goes to Venezuela. Uh, he'll go to anybody to get fuel, fossil fuels, the bad fossil fuels, instead of just saying, we're going to go internally. We're going to become energy secure. And that's what I liked about Trump. He was bold enough to say that. And we did that. And uh, had Trump stayed in office, I don't think you'd have a Ukrainian war right now. And I don't think you'd have China talking about uh, the impending war with uh, not just Taiwan, but the domination of the world. And if uh, I saw an article yesterday where Taiwan is ready readying their battleships i mean this is we're getting to that point where there's going to be that that uh, uh um, flash that flash point where things just start falling apart and unraveling well you know i think i sent it along to you uh the article by victor davis hansen if i hadn't i, I will uh who who, who uh, addresses some of the things that we've addressed before china mm-hmm. china right and I'll, I'll, I'll get it out of my notes on the break. We'll maybe go over a little more specifically, but controls the Panama Canal and controls evidently gateways to the Mediterranean. Yeah. Uh, 15 ports around the world and is heavily. They're, they're deep water ports. So they can ports. accommodate. They can accommodate blue water navy, the deep, the big vessels. Yeah, and heavily involved in Africa, where they don't go in and assimilate, they go in and isolate their Chinese values, if all. Uh, they create a Chinese culture there. Antithesis of what we're all caught up in, you know. Right. They could care less about that. So while we're all caught no. up with that stuff, you no, know, domestically. Dividing each other over LGBTQWXYZ. China is taking over the oceans and taking over the raw material of the world. It, you can make that statement, I think, pretty, pretty comfortably. There's no doubt about it. And I think Victor David Hansen, he does a great job. I admire him he, tremendously. Um, uh, he, he's spot on on this stuff. And I know he's as frustrated as you and I are about what's going on and you just want to go around and shake people in leadership. I'm up here in DC and we're going to be talking about some of this stuff. Uh, I'll be meeting with some of the chairmen of different committees. Uh, one of them will be the foreign affairs committee. And um, it's just lunacy that our government is not focusing on these things. 
And when you go back to the, the mandates out of the Constitution and the, the guidelines of what they said the federal government should do and what they shouldn't do, um, the number one, one, uh, number one task of the federal government is for national security. And I mean, that involves debt, energy, you know, uh, dealing with trade partners that are taking advantage of you, keeping your military readily stocked and supplied, and more importantly, staffed and armed with the proper people and training. So it's what we call preparedness, you know, and it's not, I really don't care how you feel today. Can, is your gun ready? Is it loaded? Do you know how to use it? Um, uh, and not what hormone treatment you need today because you're transitioning. I just think we are uh-huh. off base and I don't, I don't mean to offend anybody that's, you know, transgender, but I think if we all have a serious talk about this, the military is there to protect this nation. Um, we can do a lot of goodwill with that and, uh, we can do that through our diplomacy and our foreign policies and things like that. And the different programs we have like USAID and, uh, the development finance corporation, but, uh, we need to put prioritized stuff and we need to act as a grown up nation, not as one that's lost its way. Plantation Mark, who was a master chief retired from the Navy with over 30 years experience says that oil was up to 88 bucks yesterday. Um, that that is something that uh, we'll feel as we try to run the tractor. Uh, <laughs> it is, yeah, and that affects the price of the grain, price of the beef. Oh, yeah. You were seeing the beef prices spike now for what happened from COVID and the increase in the fuel cost two years ago, and the beef prices have just gone crazy. Yeah, it's um definitely. A corrupt age. I guess that's the summation I've come to believe. You can't trust anybody. Or, or, or confusing. A confusing era. A confusing era. Well, okay. I'll take confusing. But I think what makes it... And so- corrupt. I mean, it's corrupt, too. <laughs> yeah. Talking with Ted Yoho, and in case you're wondering, no, Ted is not being mugshotted right now. Although he's sitting in front of something that... He may be snagged away from. He's in the Reagan right. International Airport in Washington, D.C. And uh, sitting Belly down. of the beast. Sitting down to talk with our students here for a while. We'll have another half hour Sorry. with that here in a moment. We get through with the weather. And we are looking at the chat line. Any questions you have, shoot them along to me. I'll pass them along. The um, Obamanization of America really sort of sums it up. If you think about it, all the subdivisions of our government, all under that, have all been influenced one way or another. And the race card has been heavily played, which, of course, has introduced heavily, heavily, which has introduced the fringe elements that want to mimic it and ride on its coattails, uh, like the sexual issues. And we've become really tribal, very primitive. I mean, uh, if you look at it from the tribal associations. And, of course, one tribe is going to try to dominate another. And if you are a member of the deplorables, uh, then you are a threat and you're going to be dealt with one way or the other. And there are some people pushing back on it. We're talking about DeSantis a moment ago. I think DeSantis has done a heroic job of pushing back on it in Florida. I mean, he's gone into work. He has. Angels fear to tread, taking on Disney, taking on the school boards, taking on the prosecutors that won't prosecute. That's some pretty right. bold stuff. And uh, 
He's the absolute antithesis, as you know, of Newsom in California, where nothing oh, absolutely make any sense at all. We're coming up yeah. on a bottom of the hour break here. I think we'll break for a couple minutes early, and uh, we'll be back after we do the weather. Once again, it is a climate change-induced situation in Libya, where a dam broke and flooded a bunch of people. Well, why did it break? Well, guess why it broke? It's climate change. We're back on the Ward Scott Files. Gotta be. It's gotta be. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. Attention all Gator fans, Meldon Law is giving away a chance to experience the Florida Georgia game like never before. Tonight's stay at the Hilton on the River, dinner at Ruth Chris Steakhouse, two premium tickets to the game, and a football signed by Coach Billy Napier, and much more. Go to the Melden Law Facebook page and look for the VIP experience for two. Good luck and go Gators! This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, Large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files with Ward's Weather Report. Brought to you by Lewis Oil and uh, Fossil Fuel. 
You know, fossil fuel is getting the blame for everything. You know that. The New York Times Absolutely. is talking about it's 73 degrees right here, right now, going up to 92 in our area. But, you know, we have 5,000, according to New York Times, 5,200 dead in the floodings in northeast eastern Libya after a torrential rainfall uh, broke two dams near the coastal city of Derna. And um, these dams, when they broke, forced entire neighborhoods, entire neighborhoods into the sea. Uh, tall buildings fell under the mud, trapped residents under rubble. Um, it's catastrophic. And the rescue effort, of course, is um, slowed down because the flooding has cut off roads into Durham. But guess what? Scientists say, the, according to the New York Times, that climate change may have increased the severity of the storm that caused the flooding. It was a Mediterranean cyclone named Daniel. And climate change is likely... Oh, boy, here we go, making Mediterranean cyclones, intensifying them into bigger storms. There you go. Making matters worse, of course, are that probably if you go talk to the Libyans, they're very vulnerable because they don't necessarily hear this every day and never prepare, I guess, for the the dams to burst because they just didn't know about climate change. So it was ill prepared to handle. Here it is in the New York that's, Times. That's Al, Gore, Al Gore's fault and John Kerry's. They didn't prepare. It ill prepared to handle the effects of climate change and extreme weather. Okay? An environmental expert said. There you go. Well, never mind the political instability, um, the other things that could have contributed. The main feature there is that it's got to be something we're probably responsible for. After all, look at what we do to the world. Well, yeah. we're talking to Ted Yoho. He is in D.C. at the Reagan Airport. And uh, just after the break, um, uh, I, I pulled out the Hansen article and I took a look at what Victor David Hansen said, that the Chinese are like the Ottoman Empire. Um They have an imperial enclave in Africa. They rope it off and don't allow the Africans nearby. They don't allow colonial people to reciprocate and go to Beijing and be educated or integrated. And um, they have a monolithic culture that makes no apologies for its ambition to be a global imperial power. Meanwhile, we're over here concerned about climate change. We're over here concerned about uh, LGBTQWXYZ. And China is preparing to really control things. Also, I'll look through the article while you're talking, Ted, about uh, here, here we are right here. Um, the uh, China now controls 15 of the major ports in the world, ports that the Chinese have either leased, rebuilt, or refashioned. The Chinese are very far-sighted, so these ports are not just random acquisitions. They control the Panama Canal. They monitor the entry into the Mediterranean, Tangier, and exit at Port Said. The two largest ports in Europe, Antwerp and Waterdam, are in the hands of the Chinese, as are the artificial islands and the South China Sea, which is a gateway for 50% of the global oceanic traffic. In other words, the Chinese control 15 points at which, in a global crisis, 
they will be able to shut off trade and access to commercial goods, oil, and food, not to mention the influence they will have gained over local governments. Huh? You are absolutely right on that. 100% right. And, you know, you know, people, until that happens, I don't know what you do to get people to pay attention on that. Um, he is absolutely right. Uh, although that Indo-Pacific area, the Morocco Straits, um, there's more trade that goes through that than that 50%. It's probably closer to 65, 70% of all world trade goes through that area. There's a isthmus in Malaysia where China is trying to build a canal through there to give another access point so that they can control it. You know, they want to build it so they'll have control of it like they do the Panama Canal. The other thing they're doing is with uh, the climate change, there is uh, freer areas up in the Arctic, and China wants to make a claim to that because the way it's set up right now through the international community, only countries that border the Arctic landmass or ocean are are uh, you know have rights to that area well china's claiming to be a near arctic ocean so therefore they have a claim to that and they want to develop the old silk road that goes through the uh, the the arctic ocean as another route and if they do that they'll control that along with putin who owns the uh, uh russia has the largest land mass around the arctic circle so you, you can imagine pairing them up with xi jinping and throw Kim Jong-un in there for, uh going to say, something in giggles, um, they will control that whole area up there. And it's this is where foreign policy is so critical. And I look at our presidential candidates that are running. Trump uh, was off on his in the beginning, but through the experience, he's gotten very astute at that. Uh, Ron uh, DeSantis, uh, he and I were on Ford Affairs. He was smart, but the things he's come out about Ukraine, and we've talked about that, and some of the other things he said, you know, having drone strikes on Mexican cartel, um, uh, I just think that's a wrong way to go. The Vic Rasaswamy wants to give Taiwan back. These are just uh, immature thoughts, uh, naive, I should say, not immature. These are naive thoughts, and it's critical because if we don't have good foreign policy, you get bad results. You know, you get things like the Vietnam War. You get the Korean War. I mean, these things were all done under the guise of preventing communism. Yet today, um, you know, with all the death and destruction that happened from those, we could have gone without the wars if we had strong foreign policy. Governor Ted Yoho, um, any questions you want to shoot them along to me? Any comments, observations? What do you make of the North Korean kid up there with Putin today by train? Uh, I think that's a scary thing, you know, for number one for Putin. That's one of his best friends, him and Xi Jinping uh, and uh, uh, the president of uh, uh, Georgia. Uh, And Xi Jinping, or for uh, Kim Jong-un to go to Russia, you know, the reason he doesn't fly is they don't have worthy aircraft, supposedly. Plus, he doesn't trust people not shooting them down. So he takes the train, you know, it's an, uh, an old model train. And uh, and so he's partnering up with Putin. And if you heard Biden threatening Kim Jong-un that if you supply weapons to Russia, it's a game changer. And this, again, 
is Biden's going to lead us into a war because, you know, Putin is going to buy military equipment from Kim Jong-un. and It'll be out in the open. You know, it's already going on, but it's uh, uh, covert. And uh, so much of that stuff is covert. But with Biden pretty much drawing a red line that if you do this, there will be ramifications. You know, he's going to do a Biden thing that or I mean, an Obama thing that Obama did with Syria. Use chemical weapons. It's a red line that will not tolerate. Of course, um, they went ahead and used um, chemical weapons, and we did nothing. It's just like Xi Jinping building those islands. I don't like to call them islands because that gives them legitimacy. He d- destroyed five thousand acres of coral reefs. Where's the environmentalist? Militarized these islands under Obama's watch, and he did nothing. Yeah, that's um been going on for a while and yeah. papers don't write about it the government doesn't talk about it no you kind of wonder and you know hopefully let's talk a minute about if you can this impeachment inquiry um you know you and i've talked about this we don't want this kind of stuff going on if nothing happens from it right. but i'm sort of leaning the other way on this one you know Let's light a little fire here and see what kind of blaze we get. Right. I'm going to meet with Ken Ken Buck today. I'm going to meet with him today. He's a a representative out of Colorado, and he's one that's come out against this unless there's enough legitimate proof. From my standpoint, somebody that was in Congress, I'm out now, regular citizen, you hear what – the conservatives are saying. And then you, when you look at what Biden did compared to what Trump did, um, Biden has enough uh, face value of corruption with Burisma getting that, uh, that uh, prosecutor fired from uh, Ukraine back when he was a vice president, all the shady deals that are going on uh, with Hunter Biden in China I think if you just look at that, but then if you look at what the Constitution said, I think it's Article 2, Section 3, the president shall faithfully execute the laws of the land. So is he doing that on our border? Is he doing that with our debt? Is he doing that with our energy security? And if you take all these things together, I think that is cause for impeachment just based on dereliction of duty. No, he's not fit. Then you could throw in the 25th Amendment, too. And when you add all these things up and you look at what they tried to do with Trump uh, on the um, the classified documents, well, heck, Biden had as many, uh, if not more, for a longer period of time in less secure places. And yet they're going after Trump because this was bad. Biden did it. It's not so bad. It was just, you know, Sleepy Joe. He, he forgot. You know, and it's just a, a double standard. I've never seen to this this level. Um, you know, and I, we can go back to Bill Clinton with uh, Sandy Berger, who took classified doc, documents out of the skiff, stuck them in his pants and his underwear, God. and walks out with them. And it's like, now, if that was a, a Republican administration, man, they'd be crucifying that guy. But yet, uh, that guy did go to jail for probably a day or two. Um, but it's it's just a double standard, but it's on steroids now, and they're not abashed about it. It's um, 
remarkable. One of the things I thought I, I was bemused, I really liked it. The Trump went out to the Iowa fraternity house and chucked the football around and and uh, all that stuff. You know, the guy knows how to promote. I mean, he really does. He uh, He's a promoter. And, oh, he's great at that, yeah. Oh, my golly, that was so funny. And he's out there, you know, chunking the football around and, and uh, hanging out and eating hot dogs with him. And um, that's that's his gift. You know, everywhere he goes, he attracts these huge crowds. I don't know. But what the Democrats are bewildered, this always amazes me. Why would they be well, be bewildered at the uh, whiplash they've gotten here by trying to uh, crucify him? They've made him a hero. And and uh, meanwhile, this is the bad part about it, kind of nullified both primaries. Uh, both primaries are just. Yeah, it really has. Yeah, it's just nullified them. And that's not that's not good. I don't think. Well, and, and he's getting so much free press, you know, is the amazing oh, yeah. thing where all these other guys, um, you know, they've got to spend millions and, you know, tens of millions of dollars. To, to go up a, a point or two in the polls. And, uh, you know, it's just, it was, it's, it's the Trump era. Um, and I'm sure you've heard the stories that Michelle Obama, they're looking at drafting her. And, you know, that would be a game changer. You know, you would get pretty much every Democrat vote for her and probably about a third to, you know, a little bit more of the Republicans that would vote for. Um, and yeah. that would be, that would be a continuation of what happened with the fundamental transformation that President Obama talked about. Um, how much more of that does America want? You know, how many more traditions do you want taken down or, you know, the the traditions that we've had about the family and things like that and education? I, I was reading an article the other day about a young black man that's running for the state rep, and I forget, it might have been in Tennessee. And he said that, if a, a mediocre white guy shows up for a job, he'll get the job over the black guy. The black guy would have to have a PhD, you know, and a stellar background. And I'm like, you know, I feel bad for people that are trapped in that victimhood from the Jesse Jacksons, the Al Sharptons and the Democrat or the government programs that have really demoralized uh, a certain individuals or races or classes of people that they think the only way they can get ahead is through a government handout or a program. And, um, you know, they've grown up in an era where they don't know how it was before. This is probably a little bit post-affirmative action. And uh, I feel sorry for anybody that feels that way, that the only way you can get ahead in America is through the government handout instead of taking advantage of the opportunity that's available for everywhere, everybody. And if you put work behind it and play by those the rules that were supposed to the more biblical rules, um, you'll you'll achieve your American dream. I'm going to Ted Yoho, we got about ten minutes left here. Ted is uh, very kindly sat down here in the uh, Reagan Airport to take time to talk to you, the students. We will, of course, put yeah. this on the web and share it on all our platforms. And um, we are talking about a lot of things, some things we're not talking about yet because uh, we want to see how they develop. But we have some other pots on the burner, if you will, that we're not. I didn't realize it, but I'm right across from the police office. (laughs) Oh, my golly. There you are. 
Wow. And then if you and if you look up there, there's the light. There's the cameras on me right there. Oh yeah, yeah. You're under surveillance. Well, no doubt the cops know you're over there. I mean, there's no question. <laughs> and they probably <laughs> got, got me all choked up. Yeah, I got you all choked up. We don't, we don't. They'll wait till we're off the air to snag you though and take you away. So That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well. Um, the other thing that concerns a lot of us is, and we've talked about it, it's on your list. I don't know if we just caught, by the way, Ted, while you're on the air with me, the five foot murderer who had killed in Pennsylvania and scaled the wall of the jail. And while we've been talking, they've caught him. But what intrigued me, and I talked about it yesterday, is his, he's an illegal immigrant, Ted. And imagine that his system of protection. I broached, I hypothesized, helped him elude. Sure. For other illegal immigrants whom he knew were to go to, because one of them has been identified but won't talk. So right. now we just got. The one guy here. They're dangerous. We don't have a clue how many more there are. We don't have a clue where these people are coming from. We don't have a clue. And finally, New York City is complaining. But who do they complain to? They complain to Abbott in Texas. They don't complain to Biden in the White House. Right. They, 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 they squelched that uh, condemnation when um, um, the mayor of uh, New York, Eric Adams, uh, wanted to blame the Biden administration. But you can't do that because, man, that's the hand that's feeding you. You've got to go after Abbott or any of the conservatives, DeSantis, some of these other ones that are shipping them up there. It's their fault, damn it. And, uh, you know, you asked how many of these people are like this this guy that got caught. There's a lot more today than there were four years ago. And there's going to be a lot more before Biden gets out of the office. This is just an unprecedented invasion of our country. And that underground network is a dangerous thing because they can skirt the law. They'll skirt the economy. You know, it'll be a black market. They'll be selling the drugs, the guns, all this stuff, human trafficking. You know, the illegal workers are out there working for cash, things like that. The bad part of that is American employers will hire people like that so that they don't have to pay health care. They don't have to pay Obamacare, which I read an article today that Obamacare only works for the, the, the people that can afford it, the wealthier people. Um, and so your employers is going to skirt as much of that as they can. And, of course, the Department of Labor, the government will catch those people. And they'll make an example out of them, like they're doing the January 6th people, like, you're bad, and they'll make it so bad that nobody else will want to do it. But in the meantime, the masses go on. It's like the the, the drug dealers bringing drugs into our country. Uh, when we met with the DEA of Colombia and Mexico, they were forthright in saying that only 90, only 2% of, a, of 100%, only 2% ever get stopped from coming into our country. So they've got a 98% success rate. Um, 
I know a lot of businesses that would like to have that kind of a success rate. And uh, we're, we're enabling it as a country and as a, as a government. And this, this stuff just has to change. Well, there's millions that have come, millions that have come across the border. And that's just an estimate. I mean. No, I mean, it's, hell, there was 11, 12 million when I was in Congress, but it was really closer to 20, you know, when you talk to people in the know. And then under Biden, the last report I had was around five or six million. But again, they think it's probably 10 to 12. Nobody really knows. And, you know, these these apprehensions they're doing, less than 4% of those people ever show up for their court hearing. They've got so many people now in the system, they couldn't vet them all now. And so they'll be here. And then you'll have another liberal uh, administration. Just think of this, a Democratic president, Kamala Harris, Biden, Newsom, whoever you want there. You've got Chuck Schumer in the Senate, and you'll have Joaquin Jeffries. Blanket amnesty. America will never be the country that we knew. That's a scary thought. Thank you, your kids. Thank you, your grandkids. You know, and we're in the fight for the survival of this country. We really are. And basically, what kind of to sum it up, what I think we've been talking about is, and, and is the criminalization of dissent. Anything yeah. that challenges. You think that's kind of a fair summation? I think that is. You know, and, yeah, and that goes against our our um, um, our First Amendment, really. The voice well, there's a lady out there who wants the to take away the, the who said that no rights are absolute in the Constitution. Therefore, I'm declaring um, the Second Amendment null and void on her own, on her own. Yeah. And my neighbor said that yesterday. He was talking about something, and he goes, "You know, I know all those right wing people, and they 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 cling on to that Second Amendment." I said, "Don't mess with the Second Amendment." As I had my three eighty Kimber in my pocket, <laughs> yeah. Somebody plantation mark has posted that the guy who got off seven rounds at the killer when he stole something from his house is a bad shot. He should go to our sponsor, shoot DTR. There you go. There, there you, you go. go. Yeah, it is. But I think you're going to see you're going to see more of that. You're going to see like that young fellow that was in the mall where that guy started shooting people, and uh, he ended it right there. You know, I mean, that guy was a remarkable shot. Or that judge that let that rape that um, that rape criminal out of jail that turned around and raped somebody. Yeah, they cut his head off, put the head at the judge's house. You're going to see more of that. You know, the vigilantes are going to come out because you can't depend yeah. on the um, on the um, the police. And then I don't know if you caught that article where they're talking. AOC was saying I, I tried not to use her name at all. So I'll use her initials. Uh, my former colleague from New York was saying that uh, inflation, there is no inflation. It's under control. Yeah. And they're interviewing people in her, her district. And it was amazing how many people didn't know who she was. And they said, well, she said that. She doesn't have a clue. She needs to go out and find out how expensive things are. And I'm thinking, here's a lady that's big in the news in the political world. Everybody knows her, but her own district doesn't know her. That shows you. I think she won by 2,000 votes against uh, Jim Crowley, who had been there forever. He was second in command. He would have been the next speaker. But she beat him 
And I think he had like 12,000 votes and she had 14,000. And now we're stuck with that. Uh, uh, yeah. Making policies and traveling all over the world, meeting with leftist leaders around the world. Ain't it great? Where she comes from is, in her mind, representative of where everybody comes from. <laughs> she thinks the whole world is like Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. really and that's, that's her problem, you know. That, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Been anywhere. I'm doing a lot. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of work on my house I'm building, and people will stop by. So you're working on your own house? I said, yeah. They said, you're, you're shoveling this stuff? I said, yeah. Why? Because it's my house. Yeah. I never, I never want to forget where I came from. And so I want to stay connected to that. And, uh, you know, you're aching at the end of the day and you're like, yeah, that's, that's what America's about. Right. And, uh, you know, so many people in Washington, they don't have a clue. No. Not the first. Well, we're out of time, Ted. We're, we're, appreciate you coming we're going to change it. We're going to fix this. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, we'll have to have a report from you next week on what we're going to talk about. We couldn't talk about today, maybe. Right. You know, I'll give you an update on that meeting. Yeah, good, good, good. And talking with Ted Yoho, sitting in the belly of the beast there in the Reagan International Airport, across from the police station. And uh, he's going to get away scot-free, it looks like. And we're all for him. <laughs> so, uh, Word scot-free today. <laughs> Word scot-free today. Everybody have a great day. I will be talking to you soon. Thank you, Ward. Yes, sir. Ward Thanks to your listeners Command. and your sponsors. Thank you, sir. Warthog Command Center out.